0: hey guys welcome to ruin hammer season two episode 41 thank you so much all you guys for joining us uh mate how are you going
1: well, i'm good mate uh, i just want to say to uh to all the the maori people out there um which uh, basically means hello and how are you uh so it's uh, uh multi-language week this week which is why i'm wearing my uh Māori singlet so just uh, saying hello to all the all the Maldives that have uh, tuned in to watch us.
0: You really are marvellous at speaking Māori.
1: Fantastic. <laughs> How you doing, mate?
0: How's your, how's your week been? Yeah, all good. Thanks, mate. Yeah, business as usual up here. Uh, missing not watching the boys play this week, but um, yeah, it's been some, been some good footy otherwise. Um, We've yeah. got the next well, best thing happening though, haven't we? That's it. Absolutely, we do.
1: Yeah, we'll get into it, mate. Um yeah, the, the, tonight we're, we're joined by a very special guest. Um, we're very fortunate to be joined by a current Vodafone Warriors star who has um, surprisingly has only played 20 NRL games, uh, 19 of those with our beloved Vodafone Warriors. Season 2021 has been his real breakout season and was arguably, arguably our most improved uh, player of the season. Uh, welcome to the show, Warrior 238, Josh Curran. How are you, brother?
0: No, I'm good, boys. Thanks for having me. No worries, mate. No worries, mate. Yeah, thanks for joining us. Um, So we'll we'll get started. We'll go right back to where it all began for you. Uh, Let me ask where your rugby league journey began. Can you tell us about um, where you grew up and who was your junior club?
2: So um, so I grew up in Castle Hill. Um, Then my junior club, my very first junior club was um, the Maryland Rams. Um, I used to always go watch um, dad play. Mum used to always take us and... um, my brother used to sit with my mum, and i used to always go in the dressing shed with my dad and man um the deep peat in that dressing shed um <laughs> it was pretty pretty intense but um yeah so i used to always go watch my dad um play at a real young age um then um yeah apparently i was just used to always um because I, apparently i was a little menace when i was young so i used to actually run away from my parents um, So. One day, Dad was just like, oh, stuff it. Um, he's got to chuck him in footy. So I played my first footy game um, at the age of three with my brother.
0: Wow. three!
1: <laughs> yeah. Wow. It's, um, yeah, yeah you were educated at St. Pat's College at Blacktown, which is a really prominent uh, rugby league school here in Sydney, um, a school very close to my heart. Uh, we've been talking off camera. I actually played A-grade footy there with um, Matty, Lodge, Matty Lodge's dad, Jamie. Um, it's always been a great nursery for rugby league um, and talent progressing through to the NRL. What was it like playing schoolboy footy at such a prominent rugby league school, surrounded by so many players now? Because it, it's we're talking off camera, it's so weird. There's so many boys at the Warriors now that actually went to school there.
2: Yeah, bro. It's um yeah, Paddy's is actually a real good school. Um, I loved it. Um, yeah, it's a the amount of actually NRL players that come out of that school is it's pretty crazy. Um, to think about it and um like we were saying off the camera a couple of the boys that um, I was actually in year seven when they were in year 12. Yeah. And um, yeah, it's pretty crazy, man. But um, I remember playing, yeah, playing school boys footy. Um, I used to love it there with playing with all my best mates because all, um, all the boys from my junior league um, actually went to that school as well. So we were pretty much much with each other during the week and on the weekend. So yeah, it was pretty fun. We made um, heaps of memories about it.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah you, came, you came through the Parramatta Junior system playing both Harold Matz and SG Ball. How did you come to be at the Roosters and what was it like playing for the North Sydney Bears in the Canterbury Cup competition?
2: Yeah, so, um, so Parra starts their, They start their development real young. They start, um, I think it's 13, they start their development. So, um, yeah, came through the 13s and played mats. Um Yeah, then went to SG Ball. Then um, I was actually meant to go to 20s. Um, I was gonna miss the year of SG ball and play 20s, but then um, Roosters came in um, hard and really wanted me. So um, yeah, went to Roosters and yeah um, got the opportunity. Yeah, got the opportunity to go to Roosters because um, I actually idolise Boy Cordner. So when they offered mm. when they offered me, that was pretty much a no-brainer. Like I really wanted to go there. Then um, yeah, got the opportunity to go there. Then played cup for North Sydney Bears. Oh, I played twenties for two years there with um Shawnee. We've Shawnee, Wetz, Wets Jacko. So um we always <laughs> laugh about that. Yeah. Then um well we were actually before North Sydney Bears they were actually the Wyong Ruse. Yes, yeah, that's right. Yeah. So that's we right. used to um yeah so every Friday we used to travel up. Um, for the captain's run and stay over the night. And I remember there's a couple of weeks where all the boys, cause we used to go to the RSL and they used to have a tab and all the boys used to just order that much where um, they've actually said, Oh boys, you've got to you actually got a limit to what you're having. Cause the boys used to order like oysters and they just, just order like two um, main meals and that entrees. It was, it was actually crack up then. Um, then Wang pulled out, then we went to North Sydney bears and um, yeah, the um the bears I was actually a real good experience. Um the fans there, they they actually had yeah they had a real good fan base and um actually like story about North Sydney Bears is um real interesting as well. But um yeah I, I loved um playing footy there.
1: Mate we've got we've got so many degrees of of separation. Like you went to the school, the school that I played footy at in the Penrith comp. You played at maryland's and my ne- my nephew's played at uh, Maryland Rams uh in the Parramatta comp. You played up at Wyong, I used to work at Wyong Leagues Club, and you played on oh, the Bears, and I'm a bear. I played for the Bears back in the 88, 89, 90, so um, bro, yeah. It is
2: such a small world, eh? Yeah, it
1: yeah. is, bro. Did you ever go across the road to uh, Percy's and have a beer, the pub right across the road from the North Sydney Oval? Is that the bowling club? No, nah, no, nah, not the bowling club, not the Greens, the other one, so where Miller Street is, the main drag, and you've got Maris North Sydney right across the road, nah, the No no, Nah, no,
2: nah, a nah. a pub on the corner. Don't...
1: Nah. That's the school I went to, the one opposite North the Oval. I know that's what small.
2: school you're talking about, though. Yeah,
1: that's crazy. Small world, mate. Um, we'll get back to you though. Enough about me. Um, <laughs> you're named. <to, laughs> you you make your you to make your NRL debut. Um, in two 2019 in round six, uh, for the Roosters against Storm at Amy Park. How did that call up come about?
2: Bro, that was actually that was this is a, that was actually a funny story because um. So there was one training session where Robert's like, Oh, um like just come along the training session. So this is when I was full time, but um the grade boys they separated from us boys, just I don't know, yep. for that week. And um Robert said, mate, come along. So I went along and he goes, Yeah, mate, we're gonna take you down as eighteenth man. And that was uh, my first ever time being eighteenth man. And I was I was I was buzzing, I was like, Oh, this is gonna be mad, like this is hectic. And I told mum and dad, and mum and dad were gonna fly down but I said, I said no to him. Like, nah, it's all good. Like it's early for the experience. Then, um, yeah, we get down to Melbourne and, um, my roommate was Siwa. Yep. And I remember he had a, um, he woke up the next morning with a sore back and he, he told me about it. And, um, he's just like, oh, bro. Um, i got a pretty, i got a sore back. a, eh? And I was just like, oh, sh- like, that's no good, man. Like maybe have another rest and like, you'll be sweet. Then he had like another rest and before um, we got on the bus, um, I don't know what happened. I think he went to speak to Robbo saying um, about his back's been like pretty sore. Then Robbo came up to me and he just said, mate, Siwa's um, got a pretty sore back. Like if he pulls out, um, you've got a debut. And <laughs> my emotions just like, oh man what's, what's going on here like i've told mom and dad not to come down like what am i meant to oh, tell them? No. I, remember, like, um, I called i called oh we had like a group chat we have a group chat and i texted in straight like robert just told me this like i could be playing like i don't know and i was like i was like low key to be honest i was like low key Oh, really hope he pulls out i hope he's all right then um we get to the game I remember I just went to walk on the I walked on the field and that was my first time ever being like at um Amy Park and I was like, Oh, it's pretty like mad stadium. Then um I remember Siwa came over to me, he's like, Oh, do you like this stadium? I'm like, Yeah, man, it's, it's so good, eh? And he just um he goes, Yeah, it's pretty nice. And he just walked away and I didn't take any note of it. Then um I went back into the shed and Rebbe came up to me, he's like, Yeah, mate, Siwa's pulled out. Um, his back's his back's no good. Um, congratulations you're going to be debuting and i just i just looked at him and like i don't i don't know what to do like i had a, like, I had a little tear but I like in the back of my head i was like oh no mom and dad okay. and, um, yeah i went to grab my phone straight away but apparently um our manager already called dad telling him and yeah they're over in the moon so I was yeah it was a pretty um crazy story but yeah i remember that game um we won by the field goal, and
1: yeah, yep. it, was, it
0: was a crazy game. Yeah, yeah. I was just going to say, what a what a game to debut! It's a, it's probably one of the modern classics. Um, you, you get out to a the Roosters get out to a twenty nil lead, and it goes into the, the Storm fight back twenty all goes into the Golden Point as you said. Um, Latrell Mitchell with that monster field goal at the end to yeah. to win it for the Roosters. What do you remember about the game itself, like running out in the field? And, and no, I just country. remember.
2: Um, I remember going for warm-up and um, my uh, my the guy I used to do, like Jim, the guy, my personal trainer that I used to train with before I started, and he was actually down there for a Bucks party. <laughs> and I remember I said, um, I told him I was debuting and he left, he full left the Bucks party to come watch me play.
1: Oh, wow. I remember running
2: out for the awesome. warm-up and I just heard this massive,
1: Josh,
2: and I looked over <laughs> and he just waving his hand. So I was like... That was pretty cool. I felt like um, I just started laughing. But, yeah, going out there and just um, warming up with the boys, it was was pretty like you – I don't know, you kind of – it's a weird feeling like you're like real happy but you're like real keen and you just kind of like – you kind of can't believe that it's happening. Then I remember just Robbo saying, mate, like um, we believe in you. Like we wouldn't be debuting you if um, we didn't think you could do it. So it was um, real good. And I remember um, Coops came over to me and he – yeah, he actually spoke to me, and he just like calmed me down. And goes pretty much just said, "Mate, like relax, like enjoy it, soak it all up." Like, congratulations, um, yeah, and pretty much you're meant to be here. And yeah, I remember um, running out, and when I got onto the field, I just I just went I just went all out. <laughs> Probably like two minutes into the game, I was so I was gassed. I think I played about 14 minutes, but yeah, I remember just running around, like just trying to do everything and yeah I probably gassed myself out in the first two minutes
1: <laughs> bro you had a um a mid-season switch from the Roosters to our <laughs> beloved Vodafone Warriors that year how did that come about and how did you find the change moving from Sydney to Auckland
2: yeah so um yeah the Warriors asked me if I wanted to um get a release and come over and um at first I was to be honest, at first. Yeah. At first I was like, Oh, cause I didn't, I didn't never moved out of home or didn't live by myself. So at first I was like, oh, I wasn't keen on it. Then I kind of looked into it and I was just like, well, this is, i got Boido and Angus Crider in front of me. Then they also had, um, Satili Tupinoa there that was coming through yep. and I just knew I wasn't going to get, um, much of an opportunity. I remember it was before the, um, it was when the dead uh, timeline, um, the cutoff was June 30th.
1: Yep.
2: I remember I, I, think it was, I got told on June the 26th. So I had four days to, um, make a decision. That's
1: right.
2: And, um, yeah, that was pretty, that was actually pretty like a stressful four day. I think it was more stressful for my mom and dad, or to be honest, probably more my mom because she didn't want me to move out because my brother <laughs> yeah. already moved out up to, um, up to Goldie and, um yeah and dad kind of just said mate like you gotta take these opportunities um then my manager yeah he was just like um pretty much it's gotta be a good opportunity to take so yeah i took it and um i remember i was packing my bags and Mum was crying and I, <laughs> like, she was like happy for me but she was yeah she, she was um upset and i remember i was like because I, I i had my dog i brought my dog like a year ago um before i moved over I remember I was like, oh, what am I gonna do with him? Like I wanna bring him over. Then I was I was probably more upset about not taking my like dog over. I was like, oh I've gotta take my dog in that then mom's like, no, you're not taking it, he's staying here. I was like, oh, all right, sweet. So um yeah, so pretty much had four days to um make this decision then I think I made the decision on the twenty twenty ninth or twenty eighth and um packed my bags and the next day flew over to NZ.
0: Wow. Yeah. That's <laughs> done <it> fine. <laughs> you, you, you make you, well, you end up making your Warriors debut in round 20 that year against the Raiders at Mount Smart Stadium. It must have been a surreal feeling for you, though, making your debut for two clubs in the same season.
2: <laughs> yeah. I remember, um, yeah, it was pretty cool, actually. I remember Mooks told me, he's like, yeah, mate, um, we're going to play you this weekend. Um, I remember always like the boys telling me like playing at Mount Smart Stadium on a Friday night like the crowds are nuts like and um, that's that's one thing I really miss is playing at Mount Smart with all the um, fans and that but um, yeah I remember going out there and we had the Raiders I remember mean, it was a cold night it was like a freezing night I remember I went to warm I went out warming up and I was like oh man this is so cold then um, yeah we oh, I think we I think we lost that night. Think we are badly. (laughs) I think it was like we got beat 30, 30 to 6 or something. Yeah. Uh, Um yeah, the experience. I I loved playing at Mount Smart, honestly. Um,
1: yeah, I really miss it. As you said, mate, we didn't get the result that night, but you also played in the round twenty-five game that season, ironically, again, against the Raiders. Um and we got home thanks to a late Blake Green try in that game. How do you look back on that first season at the Warriors? Or you know. Basically, your first season playing first grade at two different clubs,
2: bro. Um, yeah, I honestly, um, it, I remember telling Jazz, uh, Jared, Reigh high grades. I remember after I debuted, I was, I said to him, I'm like, mate, it's like an addiction, you just want to keep playing and keep playing. Then when I got the um, two games again, I was like, oh, like, I pretty much just, yeah, loved it. And um, when I remember, I wanted to have a big year last year, but yeah. um, I had a, I had a yeah, couple of problems last year and wasn't like on track and wasn't on my game and kind of last year was a bit of a waste for me but um yeah I'm also grateful that it happened because um kind of set me up for this year
0: yeah 100% yeah yeah definitely um the start of 2020 uh you make your debut for the Indigenous All-Stars um alongside your future teammate in um young Maney Jermaine Tanoa Brown um tell us a bit about this experience what and what it meant um, to you and your family yeah so um
2: i remember i remember the um seeing the side getting selected and i seen my name i like i double looked i was like oh that's me <laughs> and um <laughs> i was so excited like i, I hold the, um the, i hold my indigenous side um really close to my heart and um yeah playing for that jersey honestly it's a it's something so special to me and my family um it's I wish I, I hope I can play it every year, but um, yeah, the experience, Even probably the best part about it is not pl- like also playing it, but also the camp leading up to it. Um, you just learn so much about your culture and um, yeah, just having the boys around there and we just talk about, um, yeah, just stories and about our elders and um, yeah, just all our Aboriginal cultures and that it's, yeah, it's something
1: really special. Is the Indigenous on your mum's side or your dad's side or both? No, nah, my mum's side
2: mum's side okay
1: yeah um mate we'll go back to the 2020 as you said the the start of the 2020 season will always be associated with uh, the emergence of the COVID pandemic and you know what we're going through now you were sidelined with a calf injury I think at the beginning of last year um and I'm assuming you were in New Zealand at the time the news broke of the closing of the international borders is that correct
2: yeah so I was um I remember I was we, we played, was it Newcastle that round? Played I mean, Newcastle Castle,
1: and then yeah. Canberra. So yeah. we played Newcastle, yeah. then the they shut the borders, the boys stayed yeah. for an extra week, played Canberra and then the comp was called off. Yeah. So
2: I had a yeah, I had a fitness test that week and um I was meant to play that um Newcastle game but my yeah, my cuff I had a little tear in my cuff and it was no good. And I remember um yeah, we we stayed back. Then that week we um, that news came out about um, the boys staying over because they shut the borders. Yep. And um, we we kind of didn't think about it. Then um, when they played Canberra and they said um, the boys I think the boys were stuck there. Yes. Yeah. yeah. So we um we we no four of us came over and we actually were quarantining to um play the um come back for the Canberra game.
1: Oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah, no,
2: that's right. That's what happened. So yeah, when we got told that the boys were stuck there, so me, it was me, Iggy, um, Ignatius Parsi, Yep, um, Paddy Herbert and Jazz to Vanga. Yep. Um, yeah, we had to go to Lennox Head and quarantine for fourteen days to before joining the um team, um, because we thought they were going to be stuck there. Then that's after that game. Um, I think we got to like our tenth. Um. Day and they canceled the comp. We all looked at each other we were like, nah, you can't be serious. We're just crone team. Then, um, yeah, I remember meeting up with the boys the next day and we flew back home. Then that's when um, we went into, yeah, that's when COVID hit really, like, really hard and Zed went into yeah. lockdown for, I don't know, maybe two
1: months. Yeah, it was a while over there, wasn't it? Because you guys were doing your training via Zoom calls and, and solo training um, for a team sport, which is extremely unusual, and New Zealand was in a hard lockdown. I know that uh, at that time period, um, was it difficult to stay motivated, um, especially when there was so much uncertainty, uncertainty about how the comp was um, was going to restart, if it was going to restart, and then how that was going to affect you guys coming back over to Australia.
2: Yeah, so um, when, when I lived in NZ, I used to live with um, Jacko, Jackson Fry, and Carl um, Lawton. So yep. we, we kind of, um, yeah, we kind of, it, it was pretty good for us because we kind of motivated each other just to go train in that. And, um, so, um, yeah, so we are doing all our training over, um, yeah, zoom. And just, I remember they gave us training gear and me and Jacko set our, um, garage up into like a little gym. Yep. So, um, yeah, we, we, we pretty much said we we're going to train every morning because we had to, but, um, yeah, it was pretty, it was actually pretty crazy because we didn't know if the comp was going to start or um, what was happening then. Um, yeah, we got told that the comps got to start. Then we flew back over. So I remember all, because there was, a, um because the partners could have come over. Yep. So all the boys were a bit, all the boys were, yeah, a couple of the boys were a bit iffy because, which is fair enough, they didn't leave their families and some had babies and that. Um, but... Um, we flew over to, yeah, flew over here and we went to quarantine in Tamworth. Yeah. We had a quarantine for, I think it was a month or two weeks. I think we stayed in Tamworth for like a month or two weeks. Then moved, um, to Terrigal. Then, um, yeah, then trained up to there. Then the comp started again. But yeah, that, that period was, um, just, that was honestly, it was, I don't know how to say it. It was just a weird period. Yeah.
0: <clears throat> yeah. I was just going to say, it must have been difficult with such a young squad and being a, and not being accustomed to being away from home for such a long and indefinite period.
2: Yeah. So, um, yeah, it, it would have been hard. I did feel for the boys, Um, obviously, yeah, moving away from their family and that, and they didn't know when they could um, come see their family mm. because um, I think their families came over Probably like around 13 in that year so they they were away from their family and kid for about three months
1: yeah yeah because the, the nrl i mean there was a lot of talk about it last year and we spoke to cam george about it too and he was doing a lot behind the scenes and um yeah it was possibly the, NRL, the nrl were trying to get him over here but it was uh, the australian and the new zealand government yeah it was the governments over. that um, yeah
2: because i remember the nrl kept saying yeah they're coming they're coming Yep. but um would put the application in and they would decline it and yeah it was just a big who are about it then yeah I, I remember a couple of the boys got real angry and they, they just said no nah, we can't do it anymore
1: which yeah. is yeah, yeah which
2: is fair enough family come first
1: yeah absolutely mate can you give us a description what life inside the COVID bubble last season was was like because it's been completely different this season i know but um because for most of us we're all going about our normal lives but you guys were in under that strict Level three NRL COVID, where you know, you got you'd have to set up um barrier fences when you went to the gym to do a gym session, and uh, you know, you couldn't really associate with the with the general public whilst you're up there in in Terrigal. Was it was that a difficult period? And who yeah. were your or who were your housemates at that Terrigal uh venue last year?
2: So, my housemates were we had a couple of housemates, I had Jack Murchie, and yep. also um. Who do I have? Oh, Jack Hetherington when he came in.
1: Oh, the wild man. Oh, nice one. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So mad Jack.
2: <laughs> <laughs> and um, yeah, the COVID, bubble, that was that was crazy. That was um pretty strict. So we had yeah, every time we went to because we were training at Impact Center, which is um just a big
0: gym. Oh, yep. Wow. You're right. We got you. You still here? Yeah, oh. you're still with us. Yeah. Oh, oh, here I am. <laughs>
2: no, my computer, Sorry, well, was my computer just I don't know, just pitched. Um it happens. <laughs> yeah, so when um when we went to the gym they would have a uh, fences and that. So it was, it was pretty weird. I remember we used to walk in and like everyone just used to look at us because like we took up half the gym and everyone yeah. just used to look at us 'cause um where we where our gym were were where um where all the um squat racks and the um what else a bench yeah the bench and that were so everyone wanted to use that but they couldn't use it because we were there so they all just like give us biggest dirties oh. but um even got even going to get groceries um one person we were allowed to go get groceries and that
1: yeah.
2: but um yeah it was it was pretty um difficult and also um if you didn't play grade you couldn't you didn't play at all yeah so that's pretty, right it was, yeah it was pretty hard to stay motivated because um yeah, if you didn't play great, you was pretty much just going there and getting pumped every Saturday,
0: and all the boys kind of, yeah, pretty much got over it.
1: Yeah. Yeah, I can imagine.
0: <laughs> when the season does restart, though, we have we have some mixed results on the field. So we have a win against the Dragons, 18-0, and a 26-0 loss to Penrith, 37-26 win over the Cowboys. The next game is a 40-12 loss to Souths. And after that game, uh, Steve Kearney is unfortunately <laughs> sacked. Um, as fans, we were, you know, pretty blindsided by that decision. I, I imagine it was a massive shock for the playing group as well.
2: Yeah. So, um, after that game, we had, we had, um, we had review. I remember the, it was, I don't know. It was just, it was, I remember walking in there. The tension was just so weird. It was, we got pumped and I, I didn't know what it was. It, something just felt strange. I remember the leadership crew, they walked in and, um, yeah, they just had their head down, didn't say anything, and just walked in. And I remember Mooks walked in crying, and I was everyone's like, "Oh, what the hell?" Because no one knew. And um, yeah, everyone's just like, "Oh, damn! Like, what, what's going on here?" Because um, well, I, I me, I thought maybe someone passed away in his family or something, and I was just, I yeah, I, I just didn't know what was going on. Then um, he told us the news, and um, yeah, it was it was really upsetting, but. Um, now, yeah, now he's in the finals and
1: he's re signed for another two years, I think, too.
2: Yeah, he's yeah. re signed for another two years, but um, yeah, no, I remember, I remember all the boys just um, the boys done a huck-off for him, and um, all the boys got around him and just wishing him all the best. And um, yeah, I guess that's how to be honest, just all business.
1: Yeah, it is. Yeah,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it doesn't make it any easier though, does it?
2: No, it doesn't at all. But, um, yeah, I guess you just got to get around them people when that stuff happens.
1: Mate, uh, Toddy Payton's given the interim coach's job uh, and his first assignment is against the Melbourne Storm, a game which was probably our our worst performance of the season. And um, it was your first game since the comp restarted too. TP's press conference or Toddy's press conference was one of those no-nonsense direct... Uh, and he maintained that hard nosed approach all through the season. How did you find him as a coach? Did you did you like him as a coach? Did you find him too tough or uh, no? I I actually yeah.
2: um I really like Toddy. um he um yeah he he's a guy that's real straight up like if you if you're not playing good like he'll he'll tell you he'll and he'll tell you um, real bluntly and I guess some people don't like it but um I don't know the way I've been raised I that's that's how I'd rather – I'd rather straight honesty than beating around the bush. Absolutely, um,
1: yeah.
2: But, yeah, no, he was, he was real good. I actually um, – yeah, I really liked him, and um, he got me yeah, pretty much back on track on footy. After, yeah.
0: after, after that Melbourne game, uh, after we got smashed, um, Cam Smith came into the dressing room and addressed the players. Um, what did he say to you guys, and, and how was it received by the players and stuff? Oh, it was
2: so. Um, after every game last year, um, all the like the teams would come up to us and just thank us for our um, like for coming over and um, keeping the game going on, and um, which is respectful. But it just got to the point where we all just said, "Like, man, like after yeah. after yeah, after we got beat by forty points, we just yeah, we kind of we didn't want to hear it." Yeah. <laughs> and, um, yeah yeah like we understand like all the teams were saying that but um yeah we kind of said to each other like man like we got to stop doing this like we can't have people coming in every week and saying um like thank you for sacrificing and like keeping the game going like i know we've done this and all the boys pretty much just said to each other like we've done this but there's a bigger picture why we're doing it we want to try bring the comp and um yeah that's that's what um will said and um yeah stopped after that game i'm pretty sure
1: it, it, it pretty much became a soundbite didn't it like um on all the the rugby league programs i don't know if you guys watch them or not because they never give the warriors much kudos in any of those shows anyway um but they're always talking about oh you know how good it was that we were here and and then i remember at the end of the year the last game against manly and they put that um that video up on the on the screen after the game and it was basically Club captains from the other clubs just thanking the Warriors, and I thought that too was a, a bit of a wank session by the NRL. Um, so yeah, I can ima- I can understand what you're saying, bro. Where you're just probably getting sick and tired of hearing, "Oh, thank you for being here. Thank you for keeping the comp running." Um, as this, as the season went on, did the COVID bubble get easier for you guys to live in, or was it did it get more difficult?
2: Um. No, nah, yeah, it was still the same. A bit more. Like it was just yeah it was it was a, honestly a crap time to live, like just yeah. like just that COVID bubble and that because you couldn't do anything then, like I said before, like if you weren't playing, like you just you were getting pumped every Saturday and um yeah it was actually pretty hard like just to stay motivated and just keep wanting to play, and like we didn't want to use the um the, like people saying thank you as an ex, just as an excuse after every game and that, so um yeah. so yeah it was it was actually yeah it was actually pretty hard year.
0: Yeah, well, you, you've kind of answered my next question, but you, you play two more. Get you yourself play two more games against the Eels and the Raiders, but unfortunately, we fall just short of that fairy tale finals appearance. But we fin- we do finish with that big win against Manly, as um, Mark um, mentioned earlier. So, so is that how you look back on that twenty twenty season, just being a bit of a tough slog? Yeah, it was.
2: Yeah, twenty yeah, twenty. It, it was a. I don't want to make it as an excuse why we didn't want, why we didn't make it or anything, but yeah, it was pretty. It was yeah, it
1: was just a crap year. Yeah, so twenty twenty one the preseason commences with two separate squads training in two different countries. Uh were you you're at the Koyama?
2: Yeah, I was at group. I was at um I was at
1: Yeah. Um that must have been a pretty strange experience too, because like, it would only be I think it was what only twelve or thirteen guys down in Koyama and the rest of the squad was in New Zealand or something like that.
2: Yeah, so my, when I first started, um we had about I think it was seven, seven boys, maybe even six boys. And, um, I remember our very first session, like we were just doing a simple, like two on one drill, but because we had no, we had no numbers, it was kind of turning into like a con drill. Oh yeah. I remember we just all looked at each other and we we're just like, man, we're in for like a lot, long week here. Then, um, after, after we done some testing and that we played a, um, we played a game and I remember we, we all thought like we were running, but. We got the video up, and it honestly, looked like we were fast, like fast walking. Like we were just all, we were honestly all stuffed because like there was no numbers there, because a couple of the a couple of the boys. Um, so pretty much when we started, each week we just gained more numbers. Yeah. So um, we were kind of just waiting for each week to come by so we can get more numbers and just like yeah, enjoy training. But I remember that first week. Honestly, that first week was actually probably the hardest week of my life.
1: Which um which coach was down there with you guys? Because Brownie was over in New Zealand. Did you have um, Morgan? Uh, we had Morgs.
0: Out? We had um, Justin here? Morgan and um, yep. Just,
2: Justin Hodges. Oh, uh, yeah. not Justin.
0: Oh, Craig Hodges. Craig, Craig Hodges. Yeah.
1: yeah. yeah.
0: <laughs> so, so the two groups do end up coming together in January and you spend pre-season in Tamworth then you relocate back to Terrigal for the season. Um, how was it this time around? I'm guessing it's a much better situation than the uncertainty of the previous year. Yeah,
2: so when we actually um, when we got to Temworth and we first joined each other, I remember because because um, of the newsboys also that came in like Benny uh, murders and that. Um, to be honest, it kind of like we knew each, it's kind of like we already knew each other, like just all the the playing group. Because um, when we came in, there, yeah, everyone was just like yeah, everyone just um, bonded straight away. So um, yeah, it made it so easy um, training and getting to know all the boys and that, but. Yeah, then we moved to Terrigal, back to Star of the Sea. And um we had, yeah, we had restrictions, but they weren't as bad. We could go yeah. out and um play golf. And, yeah, it was so much better. I think everyone and all the boys' family came over. So, um yeah, so ev- everyone um was loving it.
1: Yeah, I think that's a difference this year too, is that the families came from the outset. And, yeah. um, you know, the, the club obviously planned well and the, and they're doing the same thing again for next year. Obviously, they have to plan well for for what happens next year, Um, living as a community with all your teammates for the second season in a row, you must make some really strong bonds and connections with some of your teammates that you ordinarily wouldn't make if you weren't all living together. But at the same time, probably get sick and tired from being around all the time as well.
2: Yeah. So um, I remember when I first moved to Terrible, I went in with Rocco Berry and um, Isaiah Vangana. And I really, I didn't um, really know Isaiah real well. I remember moving in with him and we actually came um, pretty close. So, um, yeah, it was actually real good because the, the boys that you um, really like um, didn't um, know much about in the team, you actually got yeah. – um, yeah, you knew really well. But, yeah, also um, seeing all the boys every day, even on the off days, got a bit annoying.
0: Yeah. <laughs> can, can you tell us what type of influence Phil Gould has been uh, was during the off-season and at, during the start of the season at his tenure at the club?
2: Yeah, so he was um, he done, he was more the he done more um, with the coaches. So he was um, he didn't really do much with us. He just he was more with the coaches and um, yeah, directing them around and like just helping them heaps. And like coaches would um come to us and yeah feed it to us. But um, yeah, I think I think he was doing more development as well with um the boys over in NZ.
1: He's, um, he's that kind of guy, though, that when he talks, he kind of draws your attention anyway, doesn't he?
2: Oh, yeah, 100%. Um, I remember yeah. um it was Roger's 100 oh, – wh- no, was it – did Roger play 100 games or – 100 oh, games, games yeah, to the yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. for the Warriors. Yeah, yeah. the Warriors. Yeah. I remember um, he got up and spoke and all, honestly, it was – all the boys, if we could have played that night, like everyone was that pumped and – yeah, when he speaks, everyone just listens. And, um, yeah, he's one—he's honestly one of the best speakers I've ever heard.
1: Yeah. Yeah, he's just he just captivates, doesn't he? It's, um, yeah, he,
2: he honestly gets you so motivated. Just, yeah. you want to play yeah. footy now? <laughs>
1: yeah. <laughs> Mate, we, we saw through our connections with the Warriors NRLW side last year, um, the importance of respecting and embracing the different cultures represented within the squad. And that was something that you guys took on at the beginning of the year this year uh, with your cultural nights. Um how important were those in uh, during the preseason in in kind of building that camaraderie within the the squad and the respect level of of knowing the, the different cultures of all the guys that you're playing with
2: no yeah i remember um yeah that was that was honestly um one of the best things we've ever done um obviously yeah you've got all the different cultures and I remember each culture got up and spoke about um what like about their um nation and, um, country and that, and the most like important stuff about them. And I remember we also had like a, um, little team activity at the end and, um, yeah, every, the best thing was, um, everyone got involved and um, every, yeah, everyone enjoyed it and loved it.
1: Yeah. Yeah. They were very good.
0: Well, speaking of, um, culture, you're again selected to represent the indigenous all stars for the second year in a row, obviously it's another proud personal highlight for yourself.
2: Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one was in Townsville, and um, I remember going up to Townsville. That was my first ever time in Townsville, and I remember going up there. and It was that hot. Um, <laughs> yeah. But yeah, each, each like I said before, each year um, if I get selected, yeah, I'd be I'd be buzzing because um, I honestly love that week. It's probably the best week ever.
1: Yeah. Yeah, and it's it's great that we're, uh, we we honour though the two indigenous cultures, like the the Maldives and the and the Indigenous Australians. Um, the way we do, it's a great concept. It's, it's, it's something that everyone looks forward to on the footy calendar too. And the girls as well. Um,
2: yeah, exactly right. Yeah.
1: Um, mate, we played the Titans in our only trial match in Lismore and, um, you were one of our best scoring a try in that, that game. Did you feel coming out of that game that your form was strong enough to command a slot in the 17th for round one?
2: Nah, to be honest, I was actually real, I was real, um, angry about my game.
0: Oh really? Oh really?
2: Yeah. We no, thought you were I'm,
1: awesome
0: that game. We <laughs> no, raving about you. <laughs> um,
2: no, I remember. I remember coming off the field, and um, yeah, I was, I was um, filthy at myself at um, half time and full time, and I remember, um, yeah, I just I had to be better. I didn't have one, one of my best games that one.
0: Oh, oh, wow. Interesting. Yeah. So, so what was what was Brownie's feedback for that? And after, obviously, you you just missed out on selection for round one. So, what was Brownie's feedback um, to you?
2: Nah, so um, to be honest, in preseason, Brownie kind of gave me a kick in the ass, um, and um, yeah, probably, probably Brown, yeah, to be honest, Brownie's um, bringing out the best of me, um, and yeah, he just told me like he's he's he believes in me and that, and um, he just wants me to go out there and just pretty much um do what I do best, and um, yeah, that's that's what I try, but yeah, I remember that um child game i wasn't i wasn't happy with myself and um he knew i wasn't happy with myself and he told me what i had to work on then um yeah went went back to cup and played two games there then um got the opportunity to play against the dragons
1: that's right yeah mate i was just going to say that Yeah. yeah yeah you make your season debut against the dragons in round six a game that we were at um Again, mate, you're one of the best on field that day. Uh playing it, that was Roger's um hundredth game. Um you must have felt good that you were back in, in the mix and, and back playing first grade footy.
2: Yeah, I remember um yeah, he told me um yeah, I'm in the squad and um I wanted to take yeah, take it with both hands and I wanted to try to keep that spot and uh, yeah, I just wanted to leave everything out on the field.
0: Yeah. 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 Awesome. And from that point on, you're you're a regular fixture in the 17 with some really strong performances. Now we always ask our guests if they remember their first try in first grade. Surely you remember yours?
2: Yeah. Well, I could have got one against the Cowboys, but I bloody knocked it on. Yeah. That's
0: right.
2: Yeah. Um, yes, was, yeah. so Eagles.
1: Yeah. I got
2: it. Jason yep, Saab, it He jumped up, and he. Um. I think. Jason Saab and Wetz went for the ball and Saab touched the ball and I just I just got the luckiest bounce. And I remember catching the ball and I had to, Tommy at the back and I was like, oh, I've got to score this. I wasn't going to let one my- sleep.
0: <laughs> Do you remember they took uh, a long, long time to clear it though? we were watching Yeah, it because on they, went up, they
2: went up to the bunker. Yeah. And I I, I remember I looked at Wetz and I'm like, bro, did you touch it? He's like, no, no, I didn't touch it. I was like, I swear to God, you better not have touched it. And, what uh, round was and, that? Yeah, thought, What's that?
1: what round was that was that round round nine nine yeah, nine. yeah, yeah before yeah. magic round yeah that's right yeah because that we were going through that period of time where the the bunker was checking everything, everything. Um, yeah
2: that, that's when i remember, it, I remember
1: yeah i remember yeah. you got sin bit was it Sinbin against melbourne you got sin against yeah, melbourne for for a high shot that wasn't even a high shot like uh, yeah, yeah that's right yeah that's right <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Yes, yeah. now I remember. all oh, makes sense. I remember that try too, mate. You're paying $9 uh, as an anytime try score. It was the easiest $90 I made all season in Australia.
0: Share the spoils.
1: Uh, yeah. Um, it was – you and you, yourself and you and Aitken um, found yourselves having to quarantine midway through the season for a couple of weeks after flying back from the Gold Coast after the mid-season buy. What, what happened there?
2: Yeah. So when we got, um, when we had the buy, um, I came up, I came up to Goldie to see Mum and dad and he also came up as well. And I remember, um, we had a bike uh, flight booked on Saturday, but our flight was actually meant to be 1220, but we jumped on the one twenty flight cause um, Q- Qantas, um, canceled it. Oh no, it was Virgin. I, I was fine with one of them, but, um, they canceled the flight. They put me on for one later. And I remember I got home and I went to bed and we had training on the Sunday. I woke up on Sunday and my phone was like, my phone was going off. And um, Shawnee was messaging me. And I was just like, um, I didn't even read it. I was like, because I was getting ready to leave for training. I put my bag on, I read the messages. And he's like, Bro, were you on that flight? And I was like, Yeah, why? He goes, Bro, um, there's a lady on the flight that got. COVID and I was just like, Oh no way. So I called Dingo up and I remember um telling him, Yeah, mate, I was on I was on that flight and he's like, Oh <laughs> you gotta have to quarantine and get um COVID tests and, and I was like, Oh no way Then um yeah, done two week quarantine. Then um I remember they, they bring in like the treadmill. So I had a treadmill and a couple of weights in there and my treadmill I don't know why, but every time I ran on it, it was like the loudest treadmill ever. It was like a pretty old treadmill. So every time, um, every time I'd run, the whole um, block, like the whole my whole um, unit block, would hear me. And I remember um, I had it for ten days, and the neighbors upstairs, my yeah, the neighbors upstairs actually said like you, you actually have to get rid of it because they couldn't put up with the noise anymore.
1: Did you did you have to isolate at? where you were staying at the Star of the Sea, or did you have to go and isolate somewhere else for that time? No, so, yeah, I had to
2: isolate Star of the Sea in my room. And yep. I remember Rocco, and I was living with Wets at the, at that moment because Ice went back home because he um, had to get surgery on his shoulder. Yep. And, um, yeah, they, they had to move out. <laughs> I remember that was so angry at me. I was like, what oh. am I going to do? <laughs> it's
1: a good way, to, good way to get your own room, right? Yeah.
2: Yeah, but, yeah, that, that was a pretty – crazy period i just out of, out of everyone that could have got it it was yeah had it happen to me
1: it was kind of yeah. uh it was kind of that period too sorry rob it was kind of that period too where um we we're having a couple of indiscretions um and like you know we had the i think it was around the time where there was a weekend at, at vawny's where they had the the barbecue and those guys got suspended for a week and we had um might have been Joy Arrow at Origin trying to sneak somebody in. And he got for two weeks. And at, at as, Yeah, as Warriors supporters, we were pissed off because we had two guys that were in quarantine who doing the right – and didn't do anything wrong. But they, you guys spent more time out of the game than the guys that were making these yeah. poor indiscretions, which really kind of pissed us off a bit.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I remember that. And I was – but well, I, I can't really say much for the moment to do. No, just you can't. No, we right. can. You can't. That's all right.
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, the, the fact when you're, your period of isolation coincided with a bit of a mid season slump where we lost seven in a row. So, how hard is it to keep upbeat and optimistic when you're going through such a tough period like that?
2: Yeah. Um, yeah. Obviously, yeah. We lost seven in a row. and it was um, pretty. I remember the boys were, everyone was pretty deflated and. 'Cause we're going we'll actually go we'll we'll get in um we'll start to get a roll on then I'm pretty sure. Then hmm. um like we're trying to we'll actually start to find some rhythm. But yeah, that seven um loss. I think um but I think to be honest, I think it all changed when we we lost against Penrith. And we and played you had no yeah, you had no
1: had you played bench fifty bench. minutes with no bench.
2: Yeah. Yeah. And I remember um I don't know what the score. I think this. I don't remember the score, but I don't think we got beat by that much.
0: Thirty to sixteen.
2: Yeah. Yep. I remember. Um, we all just looked at each other, and remember, coach came in and just he he just said, "Boys, like that effort out there. Um, like you can't be angry at that. Like we had thirteen people for fifty minutes. Like, yep. um, yeah. I remember we all just looked at each other and just said, Yeah, that that was pretty much a turning point for us.' Yeah.
1: Yeah, <clears> hundred percent. <throat> um the team finish outside the top eight, uh, despite you personally excelling on the field, It must've been, uh, frustrating when you look back on the season to come up short, uh, in so many close games throughout the season. I think we had like three, one point losses, uh, yeah. Manly dragons, Cowboys. And then we had, um, another four games where we lost by six points or less. Uh, it's really kind of a season of, of sliding doors moments, isn't it?
2: Yeah. I remember, um, we spoke about this. We were just like we had that much like we had games that we just should have won. And I remember there yeah. yeah, I think it was five games, like there was eight points we could have been I remember we said it, we could have been nearly fifth place. Yeah. And um yeah, yeah we just it's just them games that um yeah, just let us down and I remember we just yeah, we was talking about playing an eighty minutes performance and um I remember each I think each two, I think each week we play a game, but we got two people getting injured and actually couldn't finish the game. But, um, still, we just spoke about, um, yeah, not, fin- not being able to finish games pretty much.
1: Yeah. yeah like we, we just
2: said, like we got the side to do it. Like you look at our side on paper. It's one of the best sides, but we just couldn't, um, yeah, execute or finish the game.
1: We'll be better for it next year though. The experience will do us well.
2: <laughs> yeah. A hundred percent. That's what we said. He's a, of, he's of the young boys like Rocco Berry and, um, Reese Walsh, um, yeah, get them, get experience. That that would um, be the best thing for him for
0: next year. Yeah, absolutely, hundred percent. Yeah, hundred percent. Yeah, definitely. Um, and also off the field, there's still more turmoil. The team always be on the move, and you you're moving from Tamworth to Terrigal and then you had to move up to the Gold Coast. So how did the squad adapt with this constant moving around? Yeah,
2: obviously, um, yeah, it was pretty annoying. But to be honest with we're pretty used to it now. Yeah. We um yeah, so we adapt pretty fast. Um we I don't know. We're just used to it. We're just used it's, to moving around.
1: It, it's not a bad place to be uh located, is it? The gold coast. Nah. Right? Single nah, single man, uh, single man on the beach, summer coming in. Hey? You and Jazz, you and Jazz will be
2: out in the sound. <laughs> oh, right. we yeah. we take our tops, we would scare, scare the girl the way. I don't
1: think so, mate. <laughs> I saw a picture of Jazz with his shirt undone the other day at the um at the awards thing,
2: yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> yeah we had an awards night. It was a Hawaiian themed. That, yeah, that was, yeah, that was a
1: good night. Um, mate, I've noticed after every game you give your headgear away, uh, which is a fantastic gesture, and it's something that those young recipients, you know, will cherish forever. I mean, I got given, I got gifted a pair of boots last year by one of the girls in the Warriors team, and like I felt like I was a five-year-old kid getting a, a Christmas present. It's, it is, it's, it's wonderful to be um to receive something like that do you have a supply made at the beginning of the year or um or like what's a go do you have to get a new one made up every week how, did, how does yeah, that work so, um,
2: yeah so i'm with steeden so yeah yep. i'm actually with steeden i get um headgears each year and um yeah i just like giving my headgear away to these little kids and that obviously if yeah, like you said they cherish the moment and it's pretty man. much kind of like a thank you for coming out and watch us but um yeah if i can make a little kid's day that makes me happy
1: yeah, it's a, it's a wonderful thing. Have have you – so you're, you're locked in with that, um, the one Indigenous design, or have you got a couple of designs in mind for, like, um, to match the warrior's gear or anything like that?
2: Yeah, I thought about that, but I've always wanted Indigenous headgear, so I just wanted to stick with it and obviously represent my people. Yeah. And, um, yeah, if I can chuck it on the headgear, I can chuck it on the headgear.
1: Can you see the comments coming up on the side of the screen? No, I can't. Oh, okay. <laughs> <Just wondering. laughs> we, we got, so we we link straight to Facebook and YouTube, and there's uh, all the comments from the people watching come up on the side of the screen. And one guy's just put up um, Hammer's question is, "Can you give him one for his warriors?" <laughs> <laughs> Do you want my warriors' one? I
2: right, got a spare one. If you want one, I'll send. Yeah, bro.
1: Yes. Yes. Absolutely. I got one. Sign it. All right. Sweet. Sweet. Done. Yes. Done. Awesome.
2: Deal. I'll,
0: I'll career it to you from the Gold Coast to Sydney, if you like. Yeah, you can do, it, right? you <laughs> yeah, yeah. do that, Yeah. It might get we'll, lost in transit, but we'll see. We'll, get, <laughs>
1: we'll give Josh one of our um, our soon-to-be-released ruined hammer hats. Uh,
0: absolutely. We'll hook you up with yep. some merch. Yep.
1: Right, yeah. 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 We, we um, kind of,
0: yeah, sorry, mate. What were you going to say? Oh, no, I was just going to say, we kind of discussed this off-air, but it, obviously being the off-season, um, are you all staying on the Gold Coast uh, for the off season prior to relocating to Redcliffe for the start of next year,
2: yeah. So, um, yeah. So we're staying up on Goldie. Then um, I think we're staying here till the first of November. That we're st- where the place we're staying at. Then um, we go up to um, Redcliffe. But I feel sorry for some of the boys because they can't. Um, they, yeah, they can't get home, and the yeah. staff as well. They can't. They actually can't get home to see their family and like the young boys haven't seen their mum and dad for a year mm-hmm. then also like the staff haven't haven't seen their kids and um family for yeah, a year or however long it's been and so, yeah it's it's honestly terrible
1: yeah it is it is we've um we keep in contact with uh, glenn harris quite a lot and uh been keeping up to date with with his plight because obviously you know he him and lozahale and a couple of the other boys <coughs> need to get home and so we've been sharing some stuff on social media as well and hopefully um that can all get Worked out sooner rather than later. Um, there's also a handful of New Zealand girls that came out for the NW, w, uh, NRLW comp that are stuck in Newcastle that can't get home to New Zealand as well. So yeah, it's yeah, uh,
2: it's honestly all it's all in yeah, there. It's all crazy. They, it yeah, is they can't go see their family and that, which is yeah, it's nuts. I feel, sorry it's, I feel so sorry for him.
1: It's great that the clubs, um, you know, making these decisions early. I mean, obviously, we'd love for the Squad to be able to get back home and, and play at Mount Smart, but with the uncertainty of COVID, um, you know, it's yeah. great that the squad that the club's doing so much now pre planning for next season. I mean, Rob and I talk about it all the time. I can remember, you know, I was at that uh Melbourne game at um at Central Coast Stadium, and then a week later I'm in lockdown and I've been in lockdown since, you know, changes, yeah. changes so quick, it happens just, so
0: fast, yeah. yeah,
1: yeah, just
2: changes, yeah, it's honestly, so, yeah. crazy.
1: Yeah, I know, mate. I'm in need of a shave. I need a haircut. <laughs> <laughs> um, as you know, um, we all follow – well, I follow you a lot of you guys on, on social media, um, which is a, a, a way of how we kind of keep in touch with you as well. Um, whilst at Terrigal, we'd see lots of posts of you boys playing golf. When we had Maney on earlier in the year, he said that Jaco Frey was the, was the best of the group. Do you concur with that? And how's your golf going, mate? How Do you rate yours?
2: Oh, I'd like to think I'm good, but I don't think I am. But, um, no, nah, yeah, we've we got a little golf crew here. We, um, yeah, every, every day, um, when we have an off day, we always go play golf. Me and you got to go play tomorrow.
1: Nice, nice.
2: We, we where are you tomorrow. going tomorrow? Uh, Surfers Paradise Golf Club, yeah, okay. Wow, so, nice. yeah. Yeah. there's yeah, some really.
1: great courses up there, mate. Um, oh, yeah. there's so many courses up here as well, honestly. I, I know, I know, it's ridiculous. Some you, you'll courses. have
0: to. You guys will have to get in touch with uh, former Warriors legend, Warrior number 76, Big Mark Tukey. Um, he's on the Gold Coast there, and he's he's quite handy at golf, and he regularly runs golf tournaments. Is and, it? um The Tuks Cup. He's got the, the big Tuks Cup, so you should try and get in on that. Um, and you can win his – he's got a fantastic lime jacket made up. Uh, <laughs> so you might be able to get your hands on that. I'm not sure. But, yeah, Tuks, if you see this, um, <laughs> hook the boys up.
1: Who's in the golf crew, mate? There's yourself, there's Jacko, uh,
2: so me, Springer. Jacko, um, Jermaine, Bailey, Bailey, um, Ewan, Murchie, uh, no, nah, no way. <laughs> he hates it, he hates golf. I'm like, mate, come on, he hasn't got the time for it, no, no, nah. really. Um, then there's a couple of coaches that play. Oh, really? Yeah. So um Craig Hodges, uh Justin Morgan plays, yep. I'm pretty sure sometimes. Then also our, our doctor plays and she's really good. Oh really? Yeah. Oh wow. So yeah, <laughs> we actually got a pretty good crew.
1: Nice. So do you all how how often would you get out and play golf point as a as a way of relaxing?
2: Um oh bro, when we were in Terrible, me and Jacko we only went, like, we'd go Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Like, we'll go on three days in a row on everything. Really? Yeah, we we got addicted to it bad.
1: Jacko's still on footy at the moment too, isn't he? They're still playing up at... Um... Yeah, he's
2: up, in, um, he's up in Redcliffe Yeah. at the moment. Do you guys so get up,
1: actually, you
2: up and watch on. him? Um, oh, I haven't been yet. I haven't um watched him yet.
1: Okay. Do you know... I, I don't know if you can answer this or not. Do you know what's going on with say, him and Tom Arley in regards to um, contracts for next year? Because I know Tommy, Jacko, and I think um, Shawnee O'Sullivan were the only ones that haven't been re-signed as yet. Do you know anything that's going on?
2: No, nah, I think, I think the they all... No, nah, honestly, I've got no idea. I think they're all yeah. trying to um, figure that out. I think they're in talks. Mm.
1: Yeah, it was good when he made his
2: debut. Oh, I, think bro, you... I was so stoked for him.
1: Mate, I think you, were, I saw all the, I honestly the, swear to God, I was really more happier. Oh, I think you he, were.
2: I remember, um, so we were playing, we were playing golf when he got told. So, oh, really? We golf, course. Yeah, we were on the golf course. I remember he was about to tee off. Oh, no, I was about to tee off and he got the phone call from Brownie. He's like, oh, bro, it's Brownie. And, um, it was before the team was about to get announced and I, I knew what it was for. If he's like, if he's going to call for him, I knew what it was for. Yeah, he, he had no idea, and he—I just remember him going. um, He got told, and he's like, "Oh, really, Brownie? Thanks for that." And I just—I <laughs> remember when I heard that, I literally yelled and I threw my golf club, and I was like,
0: "Yes!"
2: And I just jumped, on <laughs> and he's like, "I was like, bro, get happy, like, be excited." And he's like, "No, nah, I am," but he's got no emotions, that kid. Oh, that's <laughs> no. awesome! That's awesome, Yeah, yeah it is. But yeah, remember, great, but, um, just played. <laughs> Yeah. Then we went into the sheds, and um, he was yeah. I sat next to him because he started. And, yes, um, he did. He, yeah, he was number ten, and I was number eleven. I was sitting next to him. And I, I could tell he was real nervous because he doesn't. When he gets real nervous, he doesn't talk. I was like, "Nah, I talk good, bro. You would love it." And then um, after the game, yeah, I was so stoked. I couldn't jump. I couldn't get off him.
1: <laughs> yeah, he, I mean, he had a good debut. I was actually surprised that he didn't get. Another game or two towards the end of the season because I thought his debut game against the Dogs was pretty good.
2: Yeah, bro, he he actually killed it. I was so happy yeah. for him.
1: Yeah. Um, okay, Rob's just about to ask you a couple of rapid-fire questions that we ask all our guests, mate. Um, and I'm going to scroll through all the viewer comments and and get some more questions uh, after Sweet, that. So. Here
0: you go, all Rob. Right. Off to you, mate. Yeah. Joshy, who is your toughest teammate?
1: Toughest teammate.
2: Oh, um ooh, uh I don't like tackling Adam. Adin.
0: Adam's pretty tough. He's tough. Or Benny Benny murders. Yeah, they both look hard to tackle. <laughs> uh, <laughs> who's the best sledger? Torhu. We've we've heard that. What's Honestly, Torhu.
2: He's he is a silent assassin. He I was gonna he? say,
0: he's gonna say real silent <laughs> assassin, he barely says anything. Okay, interesting. Um, who's the biggest pest? I think we know this one.
1: Yep.
0: Jazz. <laughs> of course. <laughs> he even he even said himself when we had him on. <laughs> um, who's who's your toughest opponent? Um,
2: um oh, I came up against apes. I, Oh Jesse Brummage, he was he was
0: yeah, he was pretty tough. First game, yeah. yeah. Baptism of fire. <laughs> the most professional in regards to game preparation?
2: Uh, Marcelo Montoya. Oh,
1: okay. Oh, really?
2: Yeah. Okay. And Shawnee O'Sullivan.
0: Oh, okay. Cool. Um, best trainer.
2: <clears throat> best trainer.
0: Um, Ma- yeah, Marcelo. Marcelo, wow. ticking boxes. Um yeah. who, who's the team comedian? Jason, and Adan.
2: Them two Adin together. Well. They, yeah. We have when heard
0: Adan's funny, yeah.
2: When them two are together, they just they just rip into each other.
0: <laughs> what about Kano?
2: Yeah, actually, yeah, Kano. Kano's funny yeah. as well. <laughs> them three, them three.
0: It's usually a combination of them three that we that we get for that. Yeah, answer. that
1: we get Yeah. yeah.
0: Um, okay, who's the worst trainer? Oh the worst trainer. Um I don't know that one. Worst
2: trainer.
0: Don't want to throw anyone under know. the bus. one. You guys are all you guys are all fantastic <laughs> trainers. Yep.
1: Okay, I've got got a couple here, mate. Um, what's your most embarrassing on field moment? Is it losing your footing and running into the hand sanitizer after the Sharks game? <laughs> Bro, so what happened?
2: <laughs> I'm trying to put our water bottle right in front of me, and because I was wearing metal studs, as like, I stepped over the water bottles, um, my stud got like um, stuck on the handle. I remember I just I was falling. I just I, I couldn't catch myself. I just seen like I don't know. I just I seen the wall. I didn't even see the hand sanitizer. Yeah. I seen the wall.
1: <laughs> and yeah, that was funny. That was funny. Um, <laughs> just,
0: just sorry, sorry. Just one more. Just going back to, just going back to Kano. Does he happen to have any nicknames within the team?
2: Yeah. Um, giraffe. Giraffe. Okay.
1: Is no, Glenn no. Harris calling him origami? Well,
2: oh, I haven't heard that one. Maybe that's just between them two. Because
1: uh, <sighs> we we coined the uh, because of that fold some on his uh, on Some his guy. Tape. Yeah yeah, we, yeah, yeah, yeah. We've nicknamed him Origami. Origami Evans. <laughs> <laughs> on, get get us
0: started. Get us started amongst the boys. Yeah,
1: origami. <laughs> um, do, do you have any pre-game rituals or like superstitions that you go through before a game?
2: Nah, I, I used to. I used to always wear the same undies, but then I got out of that. But I just, I just have um, pizza pasta before. Um, the game that's everything i've always had it when i was young and it was yeah always stuck with it
1: okay um what's your most memorable moment in your career so far
2: um debut one.
1: did and you Blank have it
2: a- Allsta- and digi yep. all-stars
1: oh yep um who were your heroes growing up uh
2: my family yeah
1: yeah um aside from golf what are, what other hobbies or pastimes do you enjoy away from footy
2: um, I don't mind going surfing a little bit, trying to surf, no. but um, yeah, golf, surfing, um, maybe playing a bit of video games with the boys.
1: If if you had never become an NRL player, what career path do you think you would have been in?
2: So I got my um, I have a, I have a trade, so I done my um plumbing when I was at school.
1: Oh, nice.
2: Then also done a um, personal um, training course. Yep. But yeah, after footy, I want to try um be a police officer.
1: Oh, okay. So nice. Yeah. Um, who's been the biggest influence on your career?
2: Uh probably my dad. Big Dave.
1: Eh? Just, Big leave, Davey. Just, just We leave met me Dave at, at, um, we met Magic him at Round. Uh, Magic Round. Lovely bloke. Um <laughs> yeah, great fella. speaking to him for so long. <laughs> he um, loves the chat. He's like a radio I man. I know, and then um <laughs> because i think he listens to our podcast he's a truck driver is he no
2: nah, he does um he works on the road he does like safety equipment and that but yeah. he's always on the road
1: because he said because um when we we're telling him about like what we were doing and stuff like that he he grabbed all the info and he said he's going to start listening to it every week and he follows everything that we do so massive shout out to dave he's a is a lovely man um,
0: yeah, g'day, Dave. A, yeah
1: a couple of a couple more questions uh, a lot of comments here mate so just saying um, yeah, a, lot, a lot of love absolutely. for you in the comments congratulating yeah.
0: you on your fantastic season no so, yeah, thank you. Well, you guys i appreciate
1: yeah. it stevie williams is upset because i got uh, this signed jersey sent to me from glenn harris during the week and stevie says um <laughs> can you hit josh up for a jersey uh the answer's no uh, <laughs> <laughs> um uh, Mark Roberts says, so Rule and Hammer, what's Josh's nickname you give the players? So we, we have a thing yeah. where we give all the players nicknames. Uh, and when we talk about the game, we talk about the players via their nickname. So, um, like Kane Evans is called Origami. Um, <laughs> i trying to think of some of the others.
0: Um, Hectic Montoya. Hectic,
1: Hectic Montoya, Montoya, yeah. Uh, we call, like, and we got them for the other team. So we call... Um, Angus Crichton, we call him uh, Lord Farquhar because he looks like Lord Farquhar from, uh, <laughs> from Shrek. Um, yeah. And, and um, uh, what's his name? Billy Amy Kickout looks like a court judge, so we call the him the judge. judge. Yeah. <laughs> so we haven't debuted your nickname yet, but because of your initials, JC, and because you were our saviour for a lot of this, this, the season this season, I've christened you either the saviour or the messiah.
0: So <laughs> I, I like I the saviour, yeah. Yeah.
1: So we're gonna yeah. call you the savior. Like Reese Walsh is the golden child or the chosen one. Yeah. The chosen that's, one is true. Yeah. That's so we're true. calling you the uh the saviour. So that, yeah. that'll be your new nickname. Um just a couple more questions. Josh, I bet you stoked with your form this year. Um you re-signed for two years, didn't you, bro? Yep.
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when I um yeah, when I done my elbow, that's when I sorted all that out.
1: Yeah. <laughs> fun times, Arpy. Mark times Roberts has just yeah, yeah. Fun, yeah. um Just a lot of thank yous. Thanks for giving us hundred percent every single game. Uh... Incidentally, how? Just a question from me how How difficult was it not getting game time last year when you kind of like as a as a rugby league player, you kind of back yourself for your own abilities and so forth. Do you find it? very disheartening or very hard, especially when there was no reserve grade comp to show you where's and you're not playing any footy. Was that like probably the most difficult period you've been through as a footy player?
2: Yeah. Because yeah, because there was no reserve grade and um, you couldn't, yeah, you couldn't really prove yourself on um, what, yeah, what, what you could do or um, yeah, pretty much just yeah, prove yourself to the coach that you can play. All you can do was training, but um, training, yeah, you you'd probably train in season. It depends when you play. You can train like three times a week or two times a week, but you, it didn't. it's totally different to actually playing. So that yeah. was probably the most annoying thing. If you didn't make the team, it's just, yeah, you couldn't play. Uh,
1: Dylan Moley asks, are you looking forward to playing with SJ next year?
2: Yeah, no, I actually really am. Um, obviously, uh, with all his experience and um, the way he plays, yeah, I'm, I'm really looking forward to it.
0: Malcolm, um, Malcolm Earnshaw, you're keen for a game at Mount
2: Smart next year? Yeah. Oh, bro, I can't wait. When that um, round 22 game got cancelled, oh, all the boys were so angry. Spewing, yeah.
1: But, it's going to be mate,
0: massive got, when you guys get back there. It's going to be huge. We've got
1: so many of our squad that have um, that have never have played, played there. there? The, the merch is the weirdest one, though. He's been at the club now for two seasons and never played there. Um, I know. But yeah, it's we'll,
2: uh, yeah. It's, like that, um, it's like that game that we were meant to play at um Mountain Smoke. It got sold out in like a day or something. That's yeah. Right. Even yeah. Yeah. So we we'll, we're meant to go over there for a week and honestly, I was I was looking so forward to it.
1: I hope um I hope next year that you get to go home for a couple of games and I, I hope next year too that the um the Southeast Queensland um Warrior supporters up there get to the games, whether whether they're at Redcliffe or Seabus or wherever you guys play. Cool. Uh, similar, cool. similar to what we tried to organise this year at Central Coast. Um, yeah, there's can... a big fan base up here.
2: Absolutely. Yeah, there yeah, is. Yeah.
0: We, will, we will be there. We will turn out. Don't you worry. Yeah, yep. yeah, we'll
1: be there. I'll, I'll be up there every weekend. Absolutely. Yep. Joshy, um, we want to thank you for coming on and chatting with us, bro. Uh, so candidly, it's, it's been a real privilege to watch you improve as the uh, season went on. Um, we look forward to continuing to watch your journey, uh, especially in our... Warriors colours over the next two seasons um, mate I personally and Rob personally wants to thank you for the time you gave us um, off the field at different stages this, uh, throughout the season we really appreciate that mate um, and uh, we have a saying here on Ruin Hammer that those who have played for our club are forever and always and you made a forever and always Warrior 238 so um, thanks for coming on mate and chatting with us
2: no cheers boys thanks for having me I just want to say everyone out there um, thank you. thanks for the support and hopefully we can get it next year no yeah.
0: worries. Congratulations on your form. It's, it's been awesome. It's a real honour to be able to connect with you and to share it with uh, the people that are watching. So we really appreciate your time tonight. Absolutely. Nah, cheers, boys.
1: Tell the other boys, tell um, like Wado and uh, you and Aiken and that, ch- tell them to check their DMs on um, on Instagram because i have sent them a couple of messages to try and get some of these boys on just to have a chat because we get so many people that just request us to talk yeah, to sweet. you. Yeah, sweet. Yeah, so... Right. Sweet, but, too Thanks, bro, and I'll send you my address so you can send me that headgear, mate. Yes. <laughs> <certain. No worries. laughs> Thanks, Joshy. Thanks, Joshy. Appreciate break. it. Yeah. Thanks, Cheers, mate. Oh, mate, what a champion
0: bloke, eh? Great fella. Another awesome chat. It's, it's always great, though. Like, past, present, future warriors. We just love, we just love talking footy. Reliving the experiences, yeah. hearing about what goes on behind the scenes. It's and again, there's nothing about
1: we, us. we And we hear so many different stories too, you know, like... um,
0: Different perspectives.
1: Absolutely. You know, I mean, yeah, the guy goes and he he plays his debut and you see them run on the field and that. But to hear, you know, that story behind it all, um, you know, before he made his debut, to hear the story of how he he came to leave the Roosters and end up at the Warriors within three days, it's... uh,
0: It's crazy. It's crazy how quick that... The the landscape of the the modern footy player. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. And
1: just hearing... um, just hearing, like you know, the behind the scenes stuff that we don't get to hear, like you know, the the season that he had last year, where he he pretty much only played three games, but he's in he's in isolation, he's doing all the training, he's going through everything. Uh, you kind of forget about those kind of things, and it's probably similar to what a lot of guys have gone through this year. And you, you can know, sense the frustration.
0: Yeah, you yeah. just feel yeah. that in in what he was saying and the the whole sort of roller coaster of last year. It's, yeah,
1: yeah. Still but quite um. Fun. Yeah, great chat. Thanks, everyone, for, for tuning in and, and sending through your your questions. Um, yeah, appreciate that, guys. Yeah, stay with us for probably another 20 minutes or so. We'll just uh, quickly run through the, the finals uh, from last week and then um, talk about the, the final coming up this week.
0: Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll get through that. So, as we know, the NRL final started last Friday night at Sunshine yep. Coast Stadium. Uh, we had Storm 40 over Manly 12. Storm tries to Pappenhausen a double. Loomy Loomy... Kenny Bromwich, Welch, Ollum, and Pappenhausen, seven from eight. And that massive two-point field goal, uh, just nonchalantly slotted by a little Pappy at the end there. Manly, a double to Saab, Garrick, two from two. Uh, come of the finals, come of the team. You have to say, yep. people were doubting the Storm, but, geez, they turned up and then some. Um, putting to to bed any of these suggestions that they're in a bit of a form slump, just absolutely way too good in all areas. Turbo with a, with a quiet game, it must be said. Uh, they did their homework on him. And, yeah, uh, Melbourne just way too good and, you know, looking likely for another grand final appearance.
1: Mate, I, uh, I tipped Manly based on um, Melbourne's last month of footy. And, yeah, boy, was I wrong. Um, almost back to full strength. Uh, they're big match players, uh, just play big match footy, don't they? Um, and they really dialed it in for a big performance um mate I, I thought that they did they didn't allow turbo to get into get into the game um and I, I again, i honestly didn't see that result coming i, I mm-hmm. thought turbo would be able to get into the game at some stage um, for me, the nrL referee inconsistencies continued M- midway through the second half um turbo hit jerome Hughes uh, with a high shot and it was a decision that they just deemed penalty sufficient but Man, I have no argument uh, with the decision. However, it, if that was Lodge or Hetherington or Waria Hargraves or Radley or Tabunga, that's on report, and they're looking at two-week suspension on the sideline. Repu- reputation, yeah, yeah, absolutely. But um, yeah, Melbourne, all class, um, and you'd have to say now with uh, they'd, they'd be pretty much favourites to go through from their side of the draw. I think.
0: Yeah, that they'd have to be now, just. Just very strong performance on all levels. Uh, first game, we had a double header up there in Townsville. Um, the first game at uh, Queensland Country Bank Stadium, the Roosters 25 over the Titans 24. Roosters tries to Ikevalu, Tedesco, Tupou, Tupou and Morris. Uh, Kieran, four from five, and Walker with the all important field goal. Titans tries to Furmore, Fasu Malame, uh, Kelly, and Wallace, and Jamal Fogarty, four from five. I had a feeling this was going to be a close one out of all the games this weekend. This was actually the one I was probably looking forward to watching most. Um, fairly evenly matched. And for the most part, the Roosters looked like they had things under control, but the Titans just managed to stick with them. And they yeah. just they just hung in the contest. And fatigue became a real factor at the back end of that game, particularly for the Roosters. You see when that try was virtually gifted to, to Jared Wallace there got it back to 24-all, and then became a real arm wrestle. But um, young Sam Walker proving that he is clutch, so clutch for such a young man, although he did get a bit of help from the, the great wall of the Roosters. Yeah. <laughs> it's, um, what, a, what a finish. What what a what a hectic final 30 seconds. And, mate, we've got to say poor old Paddy Herbert with a real uh, Logan Swan moment. I mean, you could probably – he'll be replaying that over and over over again in his head and let's say in the heat of the moment and you know you've got a in an important game you've got to get that decision right but it, it must be hard <laughs> to oh mate to to, to, to work that bit. like you think he became a meme pretty quick didn't he <laughs> it, it, it did that's what i'm trying to say it's like in the heat of the moment like you've, you've got to get that decision right and absolutely unfortunately he didn't quite um didn't quite ice that one
1: no, no, far from it. Um, mate, I thought it was a really mistake-ridden uh, game, especially the first half. Uh, both teams completed it, like, just over 60%, um, and it didn't get any better for the Roosters in terms of completions in the mm. second half as well. And I think that that frequent turnover of possession prevented them from sustaining any momentum and any pressure, uh, which kind of kept the Titans in the game. Yeah. Um, it was an entertaining, entertaining second half. I loved how the Titans just really tried to move the the Roosters defence around uh, and guys like uh, Peachy and Campbell were able to create some opportunities. Um, The Roosters were tough and resilient, but um, as we've seen, which we've seen all season, but I thought that uh, Kelly Troy in the second half, uh, midway through the second half really highlighted how the Roosters middle uh, third defence can be very lazy and give up on the play when Mm -hmm. they don't, when they think the ball it's broken down or the ball's gone past them. Um, yeah, Tedesco was was uh, at his best. Um, that last eight minutes was just a, a drop of thorn, but it was so yeah. exciting to watch. Uh, and but the final two plays, um, both Firmer, with his um, with his uh, his run, he really didn't position uh, Philip Sami too well, and nice. Sami didn't position himself either. Sami should have, in my opinion, should have come in sooner which would have put Teddy in two minds because it just – with Sami on his outside, it just still allowed Teddy to keep coming across at Furmore, whereas if Sami cuts back on the inside, it kind of puts Teddy back on his heels. Um, and then, obviously, the next one where Paddy Herbert had either a pass to an unmarked um, Corey Thompson or a pass to an unmarked uh,
0: – um, uh, David Fafida, yeah. He, he almost he almost had too many options, <laughs> um, unfortunately. <laughs> My mate Juan's foot.
1: I heard Corey Thompson's invited Paddy Herbert to go camping at Balangolo State Forest.
0: <laughs> oh, geez. No, um, he, he wasn't happy afterwards, was he? But he took – Corey Mallette. Corey yeah. Mallette. He was quick to go to, go to social media and um, – He was, wasn't he? That was – Put that to bed, yeah.
1: That was bizarre. I will, I will address the elephant in the room, though. I think the the that play the ball where the roost had set up the decoys – uh, in line or in front of the play of the ball uh, to create that bit of a shield, that's got to be looked at. That That's mm. that's just garbage. Um, but yeah, you know, uh, I, I guess that, that game kind of proved to me that the Titans were probably the best team to finish eighth because I think if, if it's us or um, Cronulla or Canberra, we don't put in a performance like that to stay in the game.
0: Yeah, I, I don't think so either. That, and they came in with some good form, albeit it was a... Against us, but yeah, yeah, great game, great game to watch, and um, yeah, you yeah, definitely feel sorry for Patty, but um, he'll yeah. he'll come back from that bigger and stronger. Um, the following on from that, uh, what a game this was! Uh, Panthers ten over uh, the uh, sorry, the Rabbitohs sixteen over the Panthers ten. Panthers tries to Crichton, Cleary three from three, and the Rabbitohs Walker and Paul over tries, and Reynolds four from five. What a what a classic! finals contest this was um tough tough and exciting game to watch i was really impressed with south there's only got one try and that was from that bat back from the kick so they yeah. were they they did really well to scramble and hold them out for a team with uh such an attacking arsenal like penrith and um has bennett you gotta ask has bennett timed their run perfectly he's, he's well known for doing this um getting his teams absolutely prime just at the right time for a for a push at the title and now, yeah, and now the Panthers—they've got all the work to do. So this pushes them into sudden death. All and all of a sudden, the what everyone assumed was going to be the Storm Panthers grand finals off the off the table. Now they're going to have to do it the hard way.
1: Absolutely, mate. I um I was really impressed with South, as you said. Um, uh, you know Wayne Bennett—he's he's been here that many times before. He, he knows how to get his team ready. He knows how to take all the talk away from the team, you know, he, he brought out the controversy with him and Ivan Cleary and it kind of takes all everything away from the the team. There's no focus on the team. All the media is talking about Wayne. He's, he's fantastic at doing that. Um, I thought, you know, the South had all the early ball in that in the Panthers half for the first like eight to 10 minutes and they couldn't score. And then Penrith kind of withstood that attack and they got down the other end of the field and they scored. And I I thought that was going to be it. Um, but mate south just got into the contest um they they really troubled the Panthers they they knew you know they took um their defensive their defense uh was so good they, their line speed was great uh I think um the fact that Moses Leota didn't play for Penrith I think was a big out for them because they usually go like one two with him and um Jared uh, Fisher Harris and and instead Lacked, they had a bit of punch. Yeah, they had Matt Eisenhuth playing, who who uh, looked like a Woody doll from um, Toy <laughs> Story. Like, what was up with that? With his shoulders, all, he looked ridiculous, um, and he he gave no impact into into the like in that in that side. And I think that's where the Penrith lost their go forward with uh, a guy like Moses Leota. Um, but yeah, you're right. Penrith have now moved into that hard part of the draw. So you know, I mean, if they play um who they play this week they've got Parramatta Parramatta this week if they if they lose to parramatta this week how much of a, a bust season is that where they they're so dominant for so long you know everyone's talking about them you know being so good and the only games they lost at the in that mid part of the season was because they had their origin stars out but if they lose now they go losing the grand final last year to out out this year like they for this to be a successful year for the Panthers, they have to win the grand final. Anything less than that is a failed season.
0: Yeah, um, so. 100%. Like they, they were there last year, That they were the best team for most of this year. Yep. And yeah, now they've, they've got a fight on their hands. Yeah. It's the toughest run to a grand final, I think you could have yep. to get through to Melbourne Storm. Yeah. Absolutely. And they'll, and they'll deserve to. If they, if they win it, they'll have 100% deserve it.
1: Absolutely. Um, And we'll talk about that a bit later on when we get into the the pre-game stuff. But, um, yeah, uh, mate, Adam Reynolds, um, absolutely amazing game. Such such great game management. And I think off the back of him alone, next year you've got to think that the Broncos are close to a top eight side.
0: Oh, absolutely. They're already playing quite well at the end of the season and throw him into the mix. He'll yep. be great, uh, experienced, level head for all those young guys there. They're, they're, they're a team to look out for. Yeah. Um, absolutely. Next year, definitely. We could be the buyer of the season. Uh, final, final game of week one of the finals, we went to Rocky and we had the Eels 20 20. Eels uh, try to f- uh, double to Ferguson, uh, Wanga Blake, Moses, and Pennicini with that penalty try. And Moses, four from five. The Knights, Tuala with a hat trick, and Hunt with tries. Clifford, two from five. Much like the Roosters-Titans game, the Eels always kind of looked like they had it in control, but the Knights just hung around. They just stuck with them. Um, every time that the Eels kind of pulled away, the Knights struck back on that problematic right-hand side um, for Parramatta there. Uh, obviously, we're too early in that hat trick. But how about the howler of a decision leading up to the penalty try with Clint Gufferson? I don't, know, I don't know how that's not ruled a knock on. Like, they're watching it. The ball hits the ground, then he kicks it. And then he yeah. goes, we've cleared that. Or like, How can you clear that? Even the commentators were saying that.
1: In the uh, – hang on a tick. So I spent a bit of time with my NRL rules book, um, <laughs> which I've got. Uh, and basically that, that decision is correct because they, they classed it as a drop kick. A but drop kick? There was okay. no way he was ever going for a drop goal. Common sense should have prevailed and said that that was a – um, that it was a, a, a drop ball um, because that's what it looked like. It was
0: no, – That's only in the context of you're genuinely going for a shot at field goal, right?
1: Correct. That's – well, yep. that's what it says. But it, it's happened in the past. It happened a couple of years ago with Billy Slater. Uh, uh, and I can't remember how many years and what game, but the same thing where he's dropped the ball, he's gone to kick it, it's hit the ground, then it's hit his boot, and they deemed it as – and, and Melbourne scored off it, and they deemed that as a drop kick as well.
0: Um, but okay. yeah, I, I stand corrected then if that is if that is a technicality in the rule book,
1: mate. I was blowing up as well on the night. Mm. Um, I, I thought it was should have been a knock on and you know, uh, was just a really contentious call, but um, yeah, uh, for me, um, I think Paro were the better team anyway. Uh, I they really were, yeah. I was really impressed. Mitch Moses finally stood up in a big game and. You know directed his team around and took control of the game so uh, for me that was a big one that's going to be the big test for mitch moses this week though is whether he can back it up again um and, and you know we'll head into the the finals previews now uh, um, the first finals at friday night at bb stadium manly versus the roosters uh manly welcome back uh, lachlan croker uh who missed last week's game with a back injury His inclusion has forced Mad Dog Carl Lawton back to the bench and Curtis Siren and back to the extended bench and no other changes for Manly. Um, The Roosters, Siwa Taukiaha, has been sidelined with a leg injury. His bench spot is taken by Nat Butcher, who himself is returning from a knee injury that has kept him out for the last three weeks. Um, Sam Verrill's front of the judiciary last night. uh, He was found guilty Mm. and his uh, cops are too much banned. So I would assume that Ben Marshke, who was named on the... Extended bench probably comes onto the bench for him. Uh, possibly Lockie Lamb will move from half to hooker and and then Sammy Walker will probably start. Um, yeah, I, I thought the, the Roosters were gallant um, uh, at last week. Uh, sorry, they were rattled by a gallant uh, Titans out there last week and, and probably lucky to come away with that win. Um, I think Manly will have uh, – Des will have Manly prime now, knowing that the Panthers lost – has really opened up that side of the draw uh, for an easier run to the grand final, uh, Roosters, Manly and, and South. Um, yeah. I, I expect Manly to bounce back and, and put the Roosters to the sword. And uh, I probably I'll say Manly one to 12, but could be like 13 or 14 uh, somewhere around that.
0: Yeah. I, I expect Manly to come out and breathe fire. And we keep saying, oh, when are the Roosters going to run out of legs? When are they going to run out of gas? And I, I think they've they've been so gallant all year, but I think, Manly will just have a bit too much for them. Yeah, I can see, like you said, maybe... I think it could actually end up blowing out this one. So I think Manly um, could end up winning by 18-20. Yeah. Uh, Yeah, BB Prince Stadium, same ground. Mackay, Panthers versus Eels. Panthers, Moses Leota, the man you were talking about before, returns with a leg injury that saw him as a late withdrawal... Last week, Uh, Matt Eisenhuth moves out of the 21-man squad completely. Dylan Evans, he was a late withdrawal last week, returns at fullback. Stephen Crichton moves to the wing. And uh, your mate, Charlie Shitstains, drops out of the 21-man squad also. Uh, Scott Scott Sorensen returns from his dislocated wrist injury. And Spencer Lennieu drops back to the extended bench. And for the Eels... Uh, Ryan Madison named on the interchange bench after being available last week, but not included. Um, and uh, Makatoa is the surprise player named to drop back to the extended bench. And no other changes to the Eels team that beat the Knights last week.
1: Um, yeah, how do you see this
0: one, mate? Yeah, I I think, again, Panthers will come out and they'll have a point to prove after the last week. They'll be a for this one and I I feel that they will again have too much for Parramatta who have up until let's face it up until the last four weeks they were in all sorts. Not in yep. particularly good form. It was only uh, the final round of the season where the Panthers tailed them up albeit under strength uh, Eels team. But I expect them to come to come away with a fairly comfortable win and set up a mouth-watering prelim final against the Storm.
1: Yeah, mate. As I said before, the Panthers won't want to end their season with two losses um, and, and and a straight elimination well, from the finals Yeah. yeah. No. Nah. Uh, so good. I expect I expect um, that they will come out uh, fired up for this one. Um, as I said before, I think Moses Leota is going to be a massive in for them uh, in that forward pack uh, with Woody uh, having to sit out now. <laughs> Um, or is it? Or is it
0: Team America?
1: <laughs> the Thunderbird. He looked like a Thunderbird, actually. Yeah.
0: Gary <laughs> um, Johnson.
1: If um, If Mitch Moses can play another dominant role, though, for the Eels like he did last week, need, it will go a to long have a
0: big way. Game and then some. Yeah.
1: Yeah, it, it'll go a long way towards the Eels being competitive. However, I just think the Panthers will be too strong. They've got just too much punch across the park. Uh, the The interesting one for me is uh, the Eels. Uh, Mekatoa. I thought he's been probably their best go forward guy aside from um, Isaiah Papali'i the last back end of the season. Mm-hmm. And for Papali'i now to be on the bench and Makatoa to be dropped altogether, um, I think uh, – what's his name? Brad Arthur's lost the plot. Uh, yeah, so, uh, mate, I think the Panthers Do, will doing, win this.
0: Doing some Brian Smith-style mind games, eh?
1: Who knows? Um with the with the team he's named, I would say the Panthers thirteen plus. Um they'll do it in a in a canter and set up a that mouth watering um yeah. game against
0: uh the Melbourne Storm. But imagine uh, if so the yes. Eels do manage to jag a win and they come up against the storm having beaten them twice this year, that'd be interesting.
1: Yeah, it would be. Yeah, it would be. I don't think they'll get them three times.
0: Don't don't think it will happen a third time. Um we got some great live guests coming up, mate, for our live chats. So some of our Are upcoming we guests. We we do Some great <laughs> guests, actually. Um, wonderful <laughs> guests. Cam George is joining us on Wednesday, the 29th of September. The end of season review we've got on the 6th of October, and we'll be doing that with Brad and Richie from The Standoff, and High um, from Hold the Ball will be joining us for that one as well. We've got yep. our women, of, women in League special, uh, Women Off League, I should say, Wednesday... 13th of October. So we've got LWU stars Georgia Hale and Karina Brown, and also joined by NRL journalist Katie Brown. Yep. Um, Warriors legend hooker in the 2002 grand final, PJ Marsh, joining us on the 20th of October. And Kiwi legend Mark Graham, uh, he'll be joining us on the 27th of October.
1: Plus uh,
0: more to be announced uh, as we lock in some dates. So stay tuned.
1: They are some good guests, you know, some um some really good guests, some great guests actually. Yeah. Uh yeah, wonderful. I, I'm, yeah. I'm looking forward to them. Uh just had a message too that um just maybe have a guest for next week, uh as well. We I kind of left it open. There's a couple of guys that I've been chatting to. So uh we may have the merchandise on next week. Uh, oh um, the, the
0: merchandise.
1: Yeah. Fantastic. So, the merchandise has just messaged me on um on uh, messenger so yeah possibly uh perfect, perfect. yeah um as, as always uh we just want to let everyone know they're on uh the patreon uh platform now which is a membership platform uh that enables people to show their support uh and of us and our content by signing up for a monthly subscription uh it's a platform with uh different tier levels can be set up um to cater for different uh budgets and each tier level will have its own rewards and benefits, uh, including uh, exclusive Patreon-only
0: merchandise.
1: Um, So keep your eyes out for that.
0: That's it. You can head to our Patreon page to show your support and subscribe to our bronze tier Patreon that is available now. Our bronze tier is set at the lowest amount possible of $3 a month, which is less than a cup of coffee. Um, We've partnered with Torius Screen Print as well to produce a range of merchandise for us, which will be available very soon. And there'll also be some exclusive Patreon-only merchandise for our silver, gold, platinum, and diamond-level Patreon tiers, uh, and we'll be announcing those in the coming weeks. And the exclusive Patreon merchandise will not be for sale and will be available only to Patreon members.
1: That's right, mate. Yeah. And we do want to thank those that have subscribed to our Patreon uh, program so far uh, on our bronze tier, which um, Rob was just saying. Uh, Daniel DeLore, uh, Peregrine Falconer, Sean Kurzweil, uh, The Kirch, Nick McKircher, uh Mary Carter, Fabian Moroa, Siala Afamasanga, Stevie Williams, uh, Christian Catley, and Alf Tuolave. So thank you very, very Salute. much to you guys.
0: We appreciate your support. And um, Thank you so much. Yeah, we, we appreciate more. all of you guys. And don't forget, yes, if you me. do miss any of our live shows, you can catch up on our Facebook page by going to the videos section or you can go to our YouTube channel and catch up there and subscribe on our youtube channel and uh, so you'll never miss any of our streamed content
1: uh yeah mate um and if you're a podcast fan uh you can catch all our episodes on uh our podcast platforms spotify apple google breaker radio direct and iHeartRadio. radio uh, make sure you subscribe to us there uh i upload all the episodes uh so that they're there to listen to every thursday morning and you can please head to our Ruin Hammer Instagram page, where we upload daily content uh, to our followers and uh, keeps um, everyone informed of our upcoming events.
0: Well, mate, that brings us to an end of another fantastic episode. Uh, a little birdie tells me it might be your thirtieth birthday next Monday, um, so <laughs> happy birthday to you for yeah. then! Uh, happy birthday from all of us and all the watch, all the viewers. Uh, you look uh, good. You look very good for your age. I wish I was
1: 30, mate. I'm actually, I'm, I'm turning 52 next Monday. Oh, stop um, it. So thank you very much. And and I do have to give a shout out too. It's been a big week of of birthdays. It was my mum's birthday last Saturday. It was my partner Marissa's birthday yesterday. This Saturday, the great Juan.
0: Uh, it's his
1: birthday as well. Um, and then obviously mine on on uh, Monday. So it's a, a big week of birthdays for us here. Uh, and thank you, mate. I appreciate that. Yes, mate. Uh, nice, right? It's going to be one of those weird ones uh where i just sit in the house and can't see anyone anyway so um yeah i'll probably be
0: eating cake and filling up on food what's we'll so, your sure party for you mate we'll, 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 we'll do we'll that get yeah. something organized yeah okay. yeah
1: all right um thanks mate um everyone have a have a wonderful week um you know whatever you're doing be safe thanks again to to josh curran for coming on and, and having a chat uh we love uh, the connections that we've made with the the Warriors, uh, particularly this year, and the fact that these guys are keen to come on and, and have a chat with us and tell us their stories, and we're g- glad that everyone can join in uh, and listen and and um, you know be a part of it. So thank you everyone for your support and for tuning in, uh, and I will see you all next
0: week. Uh, thanks, That's buddy. It exactly, mate. Yep. You guys all take care out there. Thanks again for tuning in and stay safe, everyone, and go the Warriors.
1: Go the Warriors.